Okay, so hi, welcome to Build Something for this week. We're talking about sustaining entrepreneurial excitement. Basically, keeping on with keeping on. You know, going forward when um, the shine of a new project or new enterprise um, starts to wear off. Uh, so just by way of quick intro, I'm Chris Vasquez, and uh, I love all things both internet and creative. That's sort of the the... You know, nexus of things that make me up. Megan, you there? Oh, yep, I'm here. Sorry. Had yeah. a little blip in my blab. Is that a thing? I think so. I think that's a lot of what blab is, is blips. <laughs> yes. I'm, learn I'm learning that about this platform. It's a bunch of blips with uh, some blabbing in between. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I think I missed the, the key to introduction. So oh, I, I basically just um, gave an overview of what we're talking about today, which is you know, keeping the excitement going. And I gave a little intro of myself. Excellent. I'm sure new listeners would love to hear who you are. So sure. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Megan. I am a product manager, and I love solving problems. That gets me excited about um, new ways to create solutions. Um, I'm excited to figure out how to keep being excited with all of you. And so this is our fifth episode. I feel like we're, you know, I don't, that doesn't sound like a lot maybe, but I, I feel like we're kind of, we're doing it now. You know, we've gotten through the easy, um, low-hanging fruit in terms of things that yep. we can talk about. Um, and now we're kind of like in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you mind giving, I unfortunately couldn't be on the last uh, uh, episode. So Megan, do you mind giving just a quick overview of what we talked about last time? It would require me remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, I, I need to step in here now that we're on the air and explain that any sort of crazy communication on this is entirely my fault because I was supposed to put together the agenda and I think the lesson that we've learned is that I can't be trusted to put together the agenda. <laughs> All right. So last so, week was uh, was an episode I really wanted to participate on. It was about um, excuses, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we talked about, thank you for the uh, kickoff there. So uh, we talked about the um, excuses that you can put in front of yourself. Uh -oh. I think I lost you. To getting started and to keep going, to get past those excuses and actually take action. Um, so it's a great time to kind of figure out what makes you not want to do things or think you can't and getting around it. What, if there was like one um, key takeaway from that whole thing, what was it? Like, was there anything that you went or that you came out of that show thinking about differently than you went into it? You know what? It was it was really around the whole idea of there's a community out there who is struggling with the same thing. So it didn't feel like more where I'm beating myself up for making excuses and like, why can't I get started? I see all these other people who have all this passion and, and they're able to do it. Um, why can't I? Uh, so it was really encouraging to know that we weren't the only ones and there's ways to get around it. I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. Oh, cool. So, uh, so far we've talked about a lot of things related to the beginning of a project or a business. So, you know, how do you start something? Um, 
how should you think about your audience? How do you find out who they are? Uh, what are some tools and methods you can do for that, or you could use for that? What are uh, some ways that, some frameworks you can use in uh, establishing and kicking off a, a project, making sure that everything makes sense and is um, cohesive? And last week, you know, answers to common excuses that keep us from starting good things that, uh, that we might want to start. Today is really about Okay, once you've started it and you've gotten through some of those hard but also really exciting things, how, um, how do you keep on once all of that fast-paced movement at the beginning um, uh, starts to wear off? So I'm getting a note that I am getting some feedback on my mic, but I'm going off the computer mic right now. Oh, it's like there's something brushing against your mic is what it sounds like. All right, let me stop moving the head. Because the other day, I was getting electrocuted by my headphones every once in a while. But I found out that only one of the earbuds was electrocuting me. So my solution was to just stop putting that earbud in. Let me know if uh, the feedback continues. and Maybe I'll just unplug it altogether. Okay. So uh, by way of intro for this show, um, we're going to try and talk through, first of all, this feeling of... um, you know, hitting a wall and losing momentum and losing inspiration and hopefully get out on the table that that this is not an abnormal thing to feel. Uh, But also hopefully talk about some solutions to that, how you can uh, push through, how you can, you know, not just not feel that way, but, uh, but deal with that feeling. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess my, I have a very, flighty personality, I guess. I, I go through peaks and valleys. And uh, so this is something I feel really acutely with projects. I get really excited when it's new. And there's all sorts of stuff I can do conceptually, defining something, and laying it out. But then once it, um, once we get past that stuff, and I'm just in the day to day more repetitive, oh, I know this works, I have to keep doing it on the schedule, I start to lose some of that passion. Is that something you experience as well, Megan? Uh, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. So I find I found a few things as I've worked with various types of people that I work best with personalities like that because I my personality is more on the the long the long plane and um, like the I will be more slow and low in starting something and it's like a excited personality that gets me moving, um, mm-hmm. but then. I still still suffer from the like, all right, so we've been doing the same thing over and over. So I think it takes me longer to get to that spot. But it still happens. So is this something that you deal with professionally and personally? I'm sorry if that, if that sounds no. weird or pride no, or anything. No, I think that's a great question um, because I think that in professional situations, whether it be, you know, like a project like this or in just my – nine to five, I guess it's really eight to five, whatever the you know normal business day is. Um, I find it easier to continue on and be sustaining um, because I think there's a feed- feedback loop that encourages that. Whereas at, in my personal life, I am less likely to have that because the feedback loop is different. So I find it more challenging. That's interesting. I mean, I am pretty much across the board flighty, so whether it's personal or professional, I go through those peaks and valleys. It's just, yeah. one of my favorite things about 
doing this so far with um, you and Tom has been answering questions and having you uh, you guys answer the same question and seeing how very different we are, but how well mm-hmm. we actually work together when we get to work mm-hmm. together. Uh, I've really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, um, I think like seeking out the opposite or complementary, I guess, approaches and personalities I'm learning is like so crucial. Like I'm thinking that maybe, let me know what you think about this. Like that might be as crucial as figuring out a mission or vision or a, you know, what the problem is that you're solving. Like the people that you're working with is as, is as important as that, whether it be like, you know, you hire people to do things for you or um, you're actually part of a, a tangible team. You know, I think that's really important. I agree with you. And there's this like tech business cliche of um, uh, that sort of supports that. It's just a cliche. Actually, I don't know if it's just a cliche. There might be data to support it as well. But it's this idea that um, the most successful companies are the most successful because the people who are um, powering those companies fill in each other's gaps. So like the Steve Jobs, Mm -hmm. Steve Wozniak pairing of salesmanship and vision and also technical ability and technical vision and the ability to, uh, to execute well enabled them to, to solve their creative problem that would have been much more difficult for only one person to solve and impossible for either one of them to solve by themselves. Yeah. So it's interesting. Maybe, Sorry. No, maybe we could spend just a, a couple minutes talking about, um, you know, where this feeling of, I don't know if you call it burnout. But burnout seems like a, a weird title for it for me because of how early on in the process it happens. <laughs> but where do you think that, that comes from? I haven't spent any serious time thinking about that, so it's going to be stream of consciousness for me. But yeah. I'm counting on you having or approaching these things in a much more well-thought-out way to have <laughs> some good insight. All right, so noted, so noted. Um, I think that we are... I think burnout is the word that we use, but I think it's the wrong descriptor. So I think that we have burnout as like, oh, like this is exhausting and I'm done with it. I've put all in all that I can into it. Um, But I think instead, and this is a little bit of a working theory that I'm working on. Instead, we're missing the validation and we're missing the feedback loop that helps us keep moving forward. So we've talked about the things that we get really excited about with build something. And when, you know, in particular, it's speaking with people that we don't know um, that we've met through build something. Um, And that's an important feedback loop for us. And so positioning ourselves to head towards that keeps the excitement going. So it's not that we're necessarily like over the idea or over the concept it's finding a way to validate that we're still on the right path. That is such an interesting concept that, um, so I'm going to restate that and tell me if I'm interpreting correctly or not, that once we've started something, we we start to optimize towards and focus on the things that work or that are working Mm -hmm. sometimes to the detriment of the things that made us passionate about the project in the first place. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. And I think that you have to be careful too, because sometimes those things you just have to do. So like, you know, um, 
I, I also have a small business where I sell furniture. Don't really enjoy filing taxes and, you know, balancing the books, but it's a really important part of the business. So like there's things that you just kind of have to do, but having enough of that push forward on the stuff that you love is the important part. So that might actually be a good segue to talking a little bit about um, uh, practices to help you get over that that burnout burnout hump or out of that slump uh, or other rhyming words. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, last night I was working on a project which I shared with a couple of people, which is basically making pixel art dogs optimized for email, which I'm sure is going to make no sense to anyone, but it was fun. Which everyone listening, stay tuned. You'll see them someday, and they're awesome. It's going to be amazing. But (laughs) that was actually a coping mechanism that I used in the midst of another project I was working on. So that's something that is really helpful for me whenever I hit these slumps or or walls where I feel like, oh, man, this thing that I used to love is getting boring. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll take, like, a little piece of it and try and execute a sub-project that I can do in, like, um, a day or, or less than a day just to kind of get me re-jazzed about the parent project. Be like, oh, I'm getting bored with this larger project that I'm working on. Let me switch focus just for a minute. Still in the same space, but not the, um, not the parent product to build something that, uh, that changes my focus and, and pushes my skill sets. But that ties back into that thing that, uh, that I need to get reinvigorated about. And that tends to you know, get me re-jazzed. I mean, it worked last night. Like, now I can't wait to integrate this thing that I built into the last thing that I was building. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. How do you think you learned that? How do you think you learned how to kind of channel that meh to the project you're working on to get excited again? That's a really good question. And I, that was the one thing that I was thinking about coming into this uh, episode today. So my background is as a, a designer. I started as um, I started doing 3D modeling, and then I was doing um, digital design, mostly websites, also ads, but primarily focused on the uh, the front end stuff. So uh, the actual design in Photoshop and Illustrator at that time, what the websites and digital ads and things would look like, and I had like no. Um, coding skills whatsoever, some basic HTML and CSS. So I would be in the midst of these projects that I would start out super high on and stoked about, and then over the period of time, uh, part of the things that would um, lead to burnout was the fact that I would get to a point where I couldn't do anything else without the support of the engineers that I was working with. So I think it was through sort of necessity that I learned this practice, I I would get to the point where I hit a wall where I couldn't do anything else because I required JavaScript knowledge that I wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And where previously I would have just been like, "Eh, well, there's nothing I can do about it, I guess. I instead took that time to take on a new project that would teach me the thing that I needed to learn to finish out the project I was working on. I think that's where that, um, that approach to things came from. And since it worked well in my professional life, in helping me build products and finish projects faster, I just gradually have naturally applied it to the rest of my life. That's really interesting. So um, a couple of folks just joined. It's kind of like the reverse of what we talked about before. It's finding people and a team that's complementary to help push you along. It's almost the opposite. It's almost the inverse. <laughs> it like, is. Yeah. Like where you need that complement and filling it in yourself. 
which yeah. I think be like, okay, so I'm in this like solopreneur situation. What do I do now? Cause I'm stuck. I need help. Um, that's a really cool way to, to manage that. I mean, how do you approach that with, um, your furniture business? I mean, do you have the challenge of feeling burnout, you know, hitting a wall with that? It sounds like with some tasks like filing taxes, yes, but with the broader business of furniture. Yeah, I think, and, and, you know, and thinking out loud a little bit, kind of what you described in your situation. So that's my, um, I did it full time for a while and, I really enjoy um, what I do now, which is project ma- product management, excuse me, um, in a more of a, relatively speaking, more of a corporate setting. Um, so because I found something else or identified something else that I really enjoy, it complements that very well and keeps that interest going. Um, so I think it's perhaps part of it is finding what you really enjoy and what makes you tick. And maybe it's not in that one project. It's not going all in all the time for the rest of forever. For one thing, it really is broadening out. Yeah. I mean, I think that that does really align well with the way that I deal with burnout. It's like sometimes you just have to think about something out, force yourself to think about something else for a minute or two, you know? And sometimes it's like the difference between, work and side projects sometimes it's different or it's you know being able to switch your focus from a project that you're actively working on at work to another you know strategic side project at work oh so a good question in the sidebar what do we mean by burnout on projects uh megan do you want to take this sure yeah so we're talking broadly about having um you know, a new project that you've started recently and you're really, really excited about it. And then you're starting to slow down and the excitement is maybe waning a bit um, for whatever reason. Maybe it's um, you just feel like it's not exciting anymore. You have too many other things to do um, and just figuring out how to combat that. So some of the ways that we have discussed are um, finding people who are complementary to the way that you your personality is wired and the way you operate um, or finding projects that excite you and kind of maybe going back and forth between um, different projects to reinvigorate you. Um, So coming up with different ways to do that. Yeah. And the example that we were talking, or we started the episode out with was this build something show in general. So we've only been doing it for five episodes, but as I explained earlier, I have the, the type of personality where I go through really high highs and then really low lows. And so the first couple episodes of Build Something, I was like, this is the most awesome thing I've ever done. All I want to do is think about it and work on this all the time. And now that we're getting into more of the real life of uh, Build Something and we're interacting with people regularly, posting um, uh, new episodes and podcasts regularly and have all of these regularly, regularly occurring tasks as opposed to things that we're doing for the first time, it's harder for me to get as excited about it. And that's what I think I, I'm, I'm thinking about when I think about burnout is that gradual, gradually increasing difficulty to reach the same level or even like a, a similar level of excitement about something that I, I started out really passionately about. Mm-hmm. Is that clear? Does that help answer that question? It looks like it did. Drops, drops are my favorite thing in the world. 
Um, so with that understanding, um, I would love to open up the hot seat if anybody wants to jump in and maybe give some um, thoughts on how they've dealt with burnout in the past. Or it doesn't even have to be burnout as we've described it, but how you've pushed through um, maybe getting tired or frustrated or annoyed with a project that at your core you still really love. Oh, interesting. So there's some really good conversation happening in the sidebar right now. <laughs> and if you want to, yes, okay, we got a call in. Going to open it up. How's it going? Hey, hi. Hey, could you uh, give a quick introduction, so a little bit of background? Absolutely. Can you hear me properly? That's the first thing I need to ask. <laughs> we can hear you. Yep. Okay, that's good. So uh, I'm an augmented reality and virtual reality developer, uh, basically more into uh, virtual stuff and all related. Uh, so I've been in this since five years, in fact, and uh, right now developing my own product uh, into kids cluster, basically. And uh, uh, in all this course of time, did a lot of projects in regard to this for marketing agencies and advertising agencies for their uh, installations and marketing campaigns because augmented reality is still in that uh, niche area at the moment not so in a consumable you know or a consumer version at the moment it's just exploring stuffs so uh, yeah so that's what i said uh, i mean there is a lot of point that's why i said when you say burnout i'll tell you uh, there are a lot of things when you say I mean, it's a very general term right <laughs> that's what i said key what does that really mean okay i want nothing i basically uh, right now i'm from india i mean at the moment, so at the moment here, the timing is 1 a.m. So, oh, wow. Uh, what are you doing at <laughs> Blab at 1 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> I tell you, Blab is just getting addicted to me. I'm just restricting myself. It's just, you know, uh, I guess one of the very good points is like, you know, you can see to people what you talk to. And the first is saying you get real instinct uh, 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 emotionally, uh, what is really going to talk and what is the topic to you get related to topic very much. And I, I am, uh, in fact, uh, very much good enough to come, I mean, lucky enough to get into this building something sustainable. You know, that's very, very important. Building something very sustainable and uh, going forward uh, because that survives actually. So, can so I ask you a question? Because yeah. like, you raised a really good issue of, you know, what exactly do you mean by. Um, by burnout? Like, that was a great question. So if it's not burnout in the way that we described it, this general sense of it, what is the, um, what are the issues that you run into, especially after having worked in this for what seems like a long time, that, that gets you demotivated and how do you deal with them? See, that, uh, that's what, the, the, one of the dimensions of burnout is not only from our team perspective, which you said, like, you know, getting demoted on the course of working on the particular project. It's also from the client side. I'll tell you how. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, what happens is like, uh, uh, see, as we, when we deal with the clients, they always give you some advance while you're working. Okay. But what happens in the more course of time, they then give you post-data check. The whole team morale goes down. Okay, yeah, what is this, you know, uh, something. So the burnout, what I mean to say is that uh, when there is a, see, what we do is like uh, uh, we own, we, not only have online installations, we have something or called as offline installations as well. So we, if you have heard of kind of 5D effects, the 
the kind of you know hydraulic pneumatic uh, that's a more of hardware stuffs so we make that kind of installations as well so it becomes very difficult for us you know when the amount comes afterwards that's a real cash burnout which we have to put in first hand that's a second type of which i said you know one burnout is of, of the team side where uh, the motivation gets decreased or you know less motivated towards that particular project but this kind of stuff it's really devastating because the whole team morale goes down the reason yeah. behind is that end of the day we work okay for this particular project and all concentrating and something goes down it really affects actually in terms of okay yaar the client is not getting that much interested is like you know something like that does affects of how we cope with that so basically uh, uh, yeah that, that's that's a most important question how we yeah, exactly run out so uh, when 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 there's a kind of a cash uh, basically at the moment what we are working is more of uh, uh, awesome factor but uh, when this kind of issue we directly we transparently write in mail stating that uh, this kind of uh, things uh, it is in terms of can affect our in terms of uh, delivery dates because we are trying other funds to bring in as we do not have that because it's a huge amount of it so client do understand i tell you I, my first logic is to be very transparent with the client in every aspect because that helps us i'm talking about the burnout which we have faced it uh, we have been very transparent with them because when there's a lot of money involved we directly say boss this is you know we are collecting from other funds it's really hampering us please help us if you can be on the time with the checks and all sort of stuff and they been very critical okay we'll be on this time and that and they have been waited so this has been a problem little bit but it has been solved uh, which there was one problem when uh, i still remember on a project uh, that was a particular uh, for a marketing agency we were uh, expecting yes for the particular project we did lot of prototypes so what happens is one of the yeah one more when out is like when client says okay can you show me this because they are non technical background so okay yeah. make something like mm-hmm. this so we make a prototype with them okay this would happen then they will think what happens is that we we made a design and also of the they have given that particular stuff to another agency stating that can you do this those oh, agency those agency have reverted back to later yeah actually i'll tell you they have reverted back can you do this i mean i said what the fuck we made a design we have given them they are reverting back and you know? this was bullshit we said again i mean uh, we have directly declined of that particular project by taking i mean we did not take the project we do not want to work with those kind of a clients where you know you are giving a warranty and you are giving to someone sense and you are asking what is this i mean this is ridiculous so this was the worst worst i can say <laughs> you know when you work your prototype and then someone else you are going to get to this and see the luck that it comes around in a circle uh, 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 so that's what i said uh, i guess in all five years we did a lot of stuffs and lot of that's what i said when you think burnout it's a big topic <laughs> yeah well so you introduce a really good question megan i'd love to get your feedback on that like so uh, in our day to day job megan and i work together okay we don't interact with clients in the same way that you're describing so we work for a saas company and okay. um, we interact with users but we have a lot of internal clients I guess you know stakeholders for projects that we are responsible to. Megan, what about this type of burnout where the burnout is not coming from a lack of passion in the day-to-day sort of stuff, yeah. but instead coming from 
repeated pressure and interactions with a stakeholder? I mean, first of all, do you experience that? I know I do. Um, and if so, how do you solve that? Yeah, um, I have to say in my current role, I experienced that a lot less than I have in previous places. So I feel very fortunate um, for where I am right now. Um, but man, that that is a challenge because you can't control those other things. And you know the challenges are coming, but you kind of got to keep on keeping on. Um, I think that my biggest, well, let's see, thinking out loud. So I think that... Um, learning from those experiences and like, you know, um, to the story that was outlined earlier, taking that and be like, all right, so maybe this time around I will change my approach to the prototype or I'll change my approach in the way that I reached out to the customer or I'll change my approach, you know, in, in my case to my direct boss or into my stakeholder team. Cause I learned from that. Um, so I think, and to me, and maybe not everyone's wired that way, to me, that's exciting to, like, figure out the puzzle of, you know, I made this step before. How do I overcome it the next time so it doesn't happen again? So, like, I'm sure not everyone's like that, but for me, that's exciting. So I, I like hearing that perspective because um, I think sometimes, so that type of interaction where I feel like people I'm supposed to be collaborating with, whether it's a, a client or, uh, you know, somebody else on my own team, where I feel like those interactions aren't going well, that is one of the most demotivating things uh, for me in general. And I think I tend to focus a lot on, oh, man, why did this person do that? And the perspective that you're suggesting of being like, okay, this is what happened. How could I have affected that differently? How can I affect that going forward? Right. probably a much healthier perspective. Yeah. It's harder. It's easier to, you know, be like, well, why didn't it work out the way that I wanted it to? Yeah. Um, but of course I'm right. Why didn't they listen to me? <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think overall it's maybe more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. SaaS product does work in a very different, obviously when it is B2C, a lot of other things changes. I mean, a lot of changes in perspective. It's more of internal matters rather than more of external right. But internal matters are actually much more difficult to handle. They're uh, longer term. Yeah. That's really so, good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, just to pull it back, these, one of the first questions that we asked, and I, I'd love to get re-perspective after having this conversation to this point, we're getting close to time, but was, do you feel the same feeling of burnout in your personal life as you do in your professional life? And we've already given our answers. My basic answer is, yes, I feel the same level. I'm pretty consistently inconsistent emotional person. <laughs> like I go through ups and downs in all areas of my life all the time. Um, how about you? Is that something so, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, so actually, uh, I, I, I would say, yeah, but not uh, every day, but mostly a week. When <laughs> Because there is... There is uh, not, uh, I mean, what's the best feeling rather than getting a sales? I mean, uh, so every week we, when there is sales is down, it just uh, hampers me badly. Oh my God. Again, I mean, especially when there is a month and uh, the time comes, oh, again, month and, and my sales are bad. And it's, it's seriously, when that, that's the point where I'm literally stuck. That's, that's the point where my mind gets stuck emotionally down as well so yeah that happens i guess i, I guess every one uh, well see building a product and building a company 
uh, it's really the mindset is a little different. Let me tell you, there is a difference. After once you build a product, uh, then getting because I'll tell you what I've really uh, uh, experienced is like uh, technology. If there is no business around that, or if it's not getting help, or it's not being helpful to anybody, it's of no use. It has to be being helpful, or you can say like you need to build business around technology. Then it's something good because that both are two different aspects and two different mindsets. Yeah. From, uh, building up a product and then going to to market and it's very different from I mean, mindset. Very so, true. Leslie, welcome. Oh hi. Thanks for jumping in. Hi so, there. Hi. Uh, nice. Do you, I'm going to tee up both. Um, First, could you introduce yourself? Why you dropped into um, this uh, episode today? You know what your thoughts on the uh, interactions have been so far, and then also, I would love to hear. We're talking about burnout. I burn out very easily. Whether that's a problem you have, and if so, how do you deal with it? Yes. So, hi, I'm Leslie Bateman, and I'm calling in from beautiful, sunny Tampa, Florida. And uh, yeah, great. It's a little hot here. It's about 85. And um, I am a uh, marketing strategist, really focused on helping clients um, integrate technology as part of their marketing efforts and um, how to use, you know, kind of what's out there to really you know, maximize what they're doing. So when I saw what you guys are talking about today, this week, I kind of hit the wall myself a little bit in terms of that excitement about um, there's a couple of projects I'm working on. One is for myself, creating kind of an information product, you know, where I'm going to do like a webinar series in January, for example. And so I had big goals this week to go online and create my, you know, my lead magnet and my ads and, you know, all of that stuff and woke up Monday like rah, rah, rah. And what's today? Friday. And um, is it done yet? No. <laughs> um, and, and in the meantime, of course, because I do have other, you know, clients that I'm working on, I do find you know, that it's easy, particularly, again, what caught me when you said sustaining entrepreneurial excitement. So there's the piece for my business I want to get going on where I'm offering something that people can, you know, buy or that I'm teaching them. But at the same time, I have, you know, clients I'm doing things for. So, yes, I think it's easy to get lose excitement and lose focus and get distracted. You know, yeah. especially if you're an entrepreneur, right? I mean, we're entrepreneurs because we like to do lots of things, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So my coping mechanism for when I, I hit a wall is to do something else for a little while. So I'm working on this Good idea. project right now, which in my spare time, like I go home and work on it from like 8 till 2 in the morning because I, I like working on projects. And uh, I've been working on it for a couple of weeks, and in the last couple of days, I've just been like, uh, I don't really want to work on this. So I'm going to restate what I started doing instead, is I, um, I started making this little project to make these little pixel art dogs for you to drop into email. There is no purpose, no like actual use for them, but it got me reinvigorated, and it got me rethinking about um, the base parent project I was working on. But you just said something really interesting there, Leslie. And, I mean, Megan, I'd love your thoughts on this, too, because Megan and I are really different people um, in terms of how we focus and how we... Uh, Begin and the end. Yeah, structure projects. <laughs> okay. But you, you mentioned that it's not only um, easy to lose excitement, but it's also easy to lose focus. And I definitely have been through side projects in the past that were designed to reinvigorate me, 
that just ended up stealing all my focus. So I never went back to the thing that I started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Megan, is that, so you have side projects too that you use to deal, not just to deal with um, burnout, but also just to, because you love doing them. Do you ever mm-hmm. feel that um, pressure between maintaining um, your primary goals? Yeah. So um, we talked a little bit before about like, does our personal life and professional life have the same struggle? So mine are very different um, at at work, I can be much more focused and can be much more uh, like that, that feedback loop is good for me. Um, and at home I can lose, lose the focus. Um, so it's different, but I find on the side projects um, in particular that working with another person who ideally is much different than me, like, like Chris is, um, keeps me going and keeps me focused. So for me, it's having another person who um, is motivating and has that little bit of accountability to it. Not in a, I know some people are very accountability driven where there's like, you know, make sure that I check this thing off the list. It's less about that and more about like a a shared support and a shared goal that works really well for me. Um, I have to say, what you just said about having some accountability and people um, I, now that I'm doing more work, mm-hmm. not in an office environment, actually have hired a coach to give me a little bit of accountability. We meet yeah. once every two weeks for an hour. And that's been great for me because yeah, I, don't so have I did um, I'm in a corporate environment now. Um, and I, I have a side business and my side, I was flipped. Uh, I had a side business full time. I was doing that full time for a while. And that was similar to my experience. I found that I worked better in this corporate environment where that feedback loop was happening all the time. Um, so I think that what I've, if, if I had stuck with the side business full time, I would have done a similar thing. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been really so, useful. And 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 the, one other thing, what's your uh, first, Megan. what's your first name in the top corner? Oh. I know, Ma- I see Megan. Sorry, I guess you're in order to the vine. Sorry, I'm I'm Chris. Right, Chris. So the other thing that um, when you were talking about. Oh, distraction and moving off things. The other thing I've had to do, and I know we've all seen this out there, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing, you know, certain projects. And again, with me, given that I have multiple things happening, multiple opportunities, I have had to go back and see why am I working on each of these four areas. And so that if I do get pulled off of something that's distracting, is that really important or do I need to stay on? you know, this, this other thing until completion. So mm-hmm. that's been helpful. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think it's in my case, I never take the time to stop and ask those questions. Like just getting that into my process would probably be really helpful. Um, so are you, are you in your own no, business? I, I work currently yourself? work in a corporate environment, but I also have, I just do lots and lots of side projects uh, all the time. Yeah. Well, because when I was in the corporate environment and then I worked for in an agency environment, I did find that it's very easy to do what you said where you there's really no time yeah. to stop and think. You know, you're always either responding or doing and not creating. Um, so I think, of the, again, if I ever stepped back into an organizational environment, that's one thing I would do a better job of is creating space for me to have time to create and also for my team to give them time to create. You know, you don't come in every day and check your email and do this. You know, maybe it's once a month, 
for half a day. That's the day I want you to stop and think about and create. And I don't think we give ourselves space to do that in the, yeah. you know, in it's any environment I've ever been in. Yeah. We've never made it that way. That, yes. Okay, so we have to wrap this up because we have to jump out of the respective meeting rooms that we're in. But can I suggest, we always do it at, one thing at the end of these episodes where Megan and I recommend things. But before we do that, um, if everybody had one sentence to give one piece of advice for dealing with um, burnout, what would it be? Megan, you want to kick it off? Um, it's just a word. I, collaborate. I'm, also, I'm sure you're thankful that I gave you that uh, that setup time. So. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, but for me, it's I've learned collaborating. So whether that's on the specific project itself or finding someone that I can bounce ideas off of, it's really important for me not to be in a vacuum and to have some feedback somewhere. That's the most important. Great. Love that. Uh, mine would be stay connected to your why. Why am I doing this project for the That's long great. run? Yeah. And I guess uh, I, 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 I'd be like, I'd be with myself through a little isolation with a lot of noise. Have a walk around. Think about why I have really got this, why I really started it. And I guess that gives me again a boost to the reason uh, why I'm working on it. Uh, a little walk with that kind set of mindset. Because uh, ultimately it's the reason why I have taken this. So that's right. Love it. Uh, mine, I think, I have just learned from this conversation with everyone is to stop, take a breath, and think. Yep. When I'm feeling the way that I feel, when I'm feeling overburdened or <laughs> less passionate, <laughs> to stop and think about what made me excited in the first place, what I'm really trying to do, um, and where I'm trying to go. Awesome. All right, so we're just getting, do you mind if I boot you guys? This is always the most uncomfortable, awkward part of the conversation is the booting process. It's Tom Tate, who's a, a, the last part of our trio, who's usually on oh, these calls, is so much more um, elegant about that whole process. But, he does have an elegant. Okay, yeah, yeah, Tom, elegant. <laughs> last segment is recommendations, where we recommend something from the week. It can be... Um, uh, something that's a productivity tool, or it can be um, just a, a anything really. Like in the past, I recommended a children's book because it was really inspiring and I loved it. Um, Megan, you want to go first, or do you want sure. me? To? No, I can go first. Um, okay. So this week, I have been really into Medium. Um, I've been on Medium before, but I'm really getting into the platform itself, um, and it's it feels like if you're not familiar with it, it feels like kind of a long form Twitter. Um, but one of the reasons I like it the most is I found, um, a talk by the product manager at medium and just why they're doing what they're doing and how they evaluate their process that I found really interesting. Um, so maybe we can include that on our show notes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And if you guys go to, uh, buildshowco.com, right? That's I should right. know no. Buildshow.co. Buildshow.co, that's what it is. Oops. I'll edit that out. Um, you can check out this past uh, episode and past episodes if you want to. Um, if you want to uh, see our recommendations, we post them there every week. It's just a great place. We're trying to build it out more and more as we go. And uh, my recommendation for this week is my favorite webcomic. I'm sure some of you guys have read it already. It's called XKCD, and it is at... 
right there. It's just this, this super simplistic, artistic, um, artistically styled uh, webcomic that just touches on the most poignant and powerful and funny topics a couple times a week. Uh, I'm sure you've interacted with their comics at least once in your time on the internet, but if you don't do it regularly, you really should check it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for spending time with us again today. Um, I hope it was enlightening and beneficial, helpful. I know it was helpful for me. Uh, thank you for everybody who jumped on and shared, whether it was in the hot seats or in the sidebar. Uh, Megan, you have any words of wisdom before we sign off? Um, just invite everybody back next week. We'll be on Blab, same time, same place, so 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we'd love to see you again and continue the conversation on Twitter. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yes. Yay! Right. We've got to connect then. It yes. was an awesome place. All right. All right. Bye, guys. So long.